Hello, you're listening to an e-assessment association podcast. Hi, this is Callum Gordon and I'll be your host for today's e-assessment association podcast. Today, we're talking about the e-assessment question conference and we'll be looking at the past, present and future for this pivotal event in the industry calendar. The EAA has had a significant part to play in the conference over the years, working closely with the event founders Jeff Ross and Martin Rhodes. As Jeff and Martin step back from the conference and the EAA take it forward, it would be an appropriate time for us all to take stock and look at the pioneering origins of the conference, as well as what we have achieved over the past 17 years and where we've missed the mark. We also hear some of their thoughts on the burgeoning struggles for the field of e-assessment as a whole over that time, and what the future looks like for the continued rise of e-assessments, particularly in schools and higher education. EAA Vice Chair Tim Burnett caught up with Jeff and Martin to ask them how it all came about, what they have achieved, and what do we need to work harder on. So here's Tim to get into it and get the discussion rolling. Hi, Tim Burnett here from the E-Assessment Association and today we're talking about the E-Assessment Question Conference and I'm joined by the uh, founders and the original um, organisers of the uh, E-Assessment Question Conference, Jeff Ross and Martin Rhodes. Um, do you want to introduce yourself guys, maybe Martin if you want to go first. Uh, hi Tim, yes, good uh, good day to you and a uh, little bit of background I guess would be helpful. Um, I got involved with the assessment uh, it's some 20 years ago when I was working for Excel and we did a joint project with CCA in Northern Ireland which was probably one of the first uh, projects undertaken by the mainstream uh, awarding bodies at that time uh, and that introduced me to e-assessment and and indeed both the Excel and CCA to e-assessment as well. Excellent. And Jeff, uh, tell us a, bit, a little bit more about yourself. So, um, invited me to join on today's call. Um, my background is I was originally a chemist uh, and then a, an IT technologist, um, project manager, change manager. I've been working in um, publishing and education now for um, far too many years. Um, and my first real exposure to assessment came with Martin um, when I joined um, at Excel as a, very much as a sort of senior change manager um, and from that involvement in those projects CA was born the e-assessment question. Excellent, excellent. So you've, you've both got strong foundations in the e-assessment sector. Um, when, when did you kind of first, you know, what was it that first kind of came to you and said let's set up a conference um, and let's call the e-assessment question? When, what was that first time for that? Can I kick off? Yeah. Yeah. Ahead. Yeah, okay. Well, I think Martin and I had worked on, on the assessment projects with CEA and various other sort of um, new technology into the qualification process type projects when we were at Excel. We left about six months apart from, from there, and we, we actually had basically thought to the idea of some kind of coming together of people with an interest in e-assessment while we were at Excel. Um, we were sitting having a cup of coffee in central London, as you do, chatting about um, life and liberty and all of that sort of thing. And we, we sort of jointly came up with the idea, of, well, if we couldn't get anybody else interested, maybe we should run the idea of a conference. Um, we started off, I think, I think we started off pretty ambitiously. 
because um, we thought we knew most of the players in the game, we knew what the big subjects were, we knew what the progress had been to date and where it was, we thought it was likely to go. So we started off diving in the deep end with a, a big international two-day conference in in London. Um, we had some experience, both of us, in, in, in training and particularly running conferences and such events. Um, and we thought we would... Um, try and bring it all together, which we did. So it's yeah, quite, I think... Quite uh, sorry, gone. It was quite ambitious then, really, if to, just to go from from zero to, to two full days. Martin? It, it, was, it was quite ambitious, and, and thinking back on it, it was probably uh, too ambitious, uh, in a sense. Uh, <laughs> um, if you'd thought about it at the time, you probably wouldn't have done it like, like that. But actually, the ambition was probably a good idea, and I think it paid off, because it demonstrated fairly quickly that um, there was no uh, event that was bringing together uh, the sector. Uh, and the sector was, was uh, in the UK anyway, and uh, was fairly small at that time. Um, and uh, the players were, to some extent, well known to each other. We brought several of the players together as a result of, of, of the work with CCA and the Dexel. Um, and and it became obvious that um, if the industry was going to move forward, and in particular if they were going to start engaging with exam exam awarding bodies and, and so on, that that um, bringing those two halves of the of the picture together would probably be uh, beneficial to everybody. So you you started out with two days, um, and that's. I suppose it's not really grown in the fact that you've you've always had the two days, but it has grown in numbers. How many? What kind of numbers turned up for your first conference? Oh, um, that's a good question. I, I, um, we had a very good turnout for the first concert conference. I think we had well in excess of a hundred people at the Cavendish Conference Centre near Marble Arch. Um, we were. I think it's fair to say we were very encouraged both by the numbers that turned out but also the fact that the people who turned out were the ones that we would have expected to see there. They were representatives from awarding bodies, certification areas, from um, learning and, and government agencies, um, publishers, um, and of course the technology companies involved themselves. Um, and a lot of the names that appeared I think on that first roster appeared many times after that, um, both as delegates and speakers and contributors and so on. So you could uh, you could put the hands ask people to put their hands up at the the next conference and just see how many have, have remained. It, it sounds as though there'd be a good number of people that have been around. Uh, from yeah, I think I think there has been a core of people, certainly a core of organisations that have all, always attended. Um, there have been some organisations that come and, that have come and gone, uh, both as organisations and and uh, as as sectors. I mean, the regulator was heavily involved in the early days. We then didn't see them for a period, and then uh, the last couple of years they've been represented in some way at, at the at the conference. Um, so there's been an ebb and flow inevitably. I guess my greatest disappointment in terms of representation has been that we felt in the early days and we've always tried to access uh people from from the deliverers <coughs> from schools colleges he and so on and whilst he has 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 been represented 
reasonably well over the years. Um, uh, FE uh, training providers and schools particularly have have not been. Um, and um, perhaps we'll come back to the reasons for that in, in a moment or two. But, but I think we've therefore ended up with a conference that represents the industry, the people who are the direct users um, in terms of, of, of exam boards, training providers and so on. Uh, but not representatives from the end users, if you like. Mm. And I'm thinking there of, of the schools and colleges who've got the the students and learners who actually actually sit down and do exams. Well, it, yes. and you make a very good point, don't you? Because it, it is there is a a, a kind of mainstay. The the awarding organisations have been. I suppose people will come along, they'll engage, they'll they'll find their supplier, their their ideas. They'll they'll take that off. They'll sometimes come back and tell those stories. Um, and that that's a, a kind of nice churn that that goes through the conference. But you're quite right. The the representation from schools has been very low, and you know I've noticed in terms of HE, um, it's a it's a bit of a sporadic attendance from the the HE sector. Jeff, is there some um, is there something else you want to add there about that that kind of attendance? <clears throat> no, I was um, what I was going to say is that right from the outset, I think. Um, we tried to make it appeal to a, a, a very broad um, definition of the assessment, so that we cover. We try to cover all the bases, really, from um, design of the assessment itself, delivery, um, scanning, um, data analysis, all those sorts of things. So we try to keep a fairly broad church for that. I think we've tried to make it very practical. It's about the actual doing of um, e-assessment. It's been about um, the aspects where, whereby we make things happen uh, and I think that's probably been um, something that's been particularly of interest to the um, assessment providers themselves rather than, than the users. And I guess in a sort of traditional sense, and we did start off with this very clearly as being a commercial undertaking, it is a business-to-business -business type event. Therefore, networking and liaison between the, the people, even gossip um, amongst people attending has been a very significant part, significant part of, of, of each year's activities and um, discussions. And I always know when the conferences are going well, because during the coffee breaks and during lunchtime, there is an awful lot of chatter going on about what's just been presented in, in the conference uh, and what's happening and who's doing what and who's doing it where and when and so on. And so networking's been a, a fundamental part, really. Yeah, absolutely, yes. And, and the idea that the conference... I don't know, don't know that we particularly um, articulated it at all in the beginning, but the idea that this was a, 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 a flag-waving exercise for e-assessment as a as a concept, as, a, as, a, as a, um, um, an area of work, as an endeavour. I think that was also very important in this. So maybe that's something which over the years hasn't chimed with, um, um, with um, exams officers in schools or, or so on. But um, we have had, um, we, we've, we've tried various things, perhaps we'll come back to that. Um, to try and engage with the, with the schools market in particular. Um, um, but I think we've been much more successful, as I said, with the uh, um, with HE and FE and actually getting them um, involved over the years. Okay. Um, so let's, let's talk about that schools point then. You know, it's, mm. it's, quite a, it's quite an important point. 
so are we saying then that there's been effectively zero or very little interaction from the the, the schools based user base yeah i think so i think so because i think there's two reasons for that one is the average school does very little e-assessment i'm thinking now of um uh, not a formative assessment but a, but a summative assessment um uh, formative yeah, assessment exactly obviously right. a different a different thing altogether in many ways but we can come back to that as well they do very little in the way of summative e-assessment um and that's a, obviously a reflection of the fact that um, with with one or two very minor exceptions, there is no e-assessment in terms of user experience within um, the public exam system at A-level or GCSE and so on. Um, and I was thinking while Jeff was talking just now, that, that contrasts uh, quite significantly with our experience when we've, we've done the, the, the Scotland conferences in conjunction with SQA where in fact 90% of the participants have been have been schools and colleges and that of course is a reflection of SQA's commitment to e-assessment um, uh, across the board including a lot of what's going on in schools and colleges so you have on one, one hand an experience of, of, of uh, an awarding organization being able to do that <clears throat> and therefore having teachers very interested in what's going on in the assessment and, and what their part in it will probably be or is. Uh, and on the other hand, you've got uh, nothing happening practically within um, uh, the, the school sector and therefore very little interest in in. Uh, in, in e-assessment in terms of summative uh, and there's all go all good reasons for that there's a lot of history around that and we can spend the next hour talking about that history but the fact nevertheless remains that that's the situation as it stands mm. now um, yeah. notwithstanding of course that the exam boards themselves have, have introduced technology into the process significantly completely changed from when Jeff and I were, were at Excel, but that hasn't impacted on the student or learner taking their, their examination. So it's the marking, it's the, the authoring of the of tests, all that side yes. of the business has That's seen right. e-assessment e investment and in, in new initiatives, but it's not it, the school. It is ironic, isn't it, that probably, uh, probably one of the most successful areas of, of government technology um, or public sector technology um, across any sector has been how smoothly the um, on-screen marking has effectively gone. It had its hiccups, but that's understandable. Um, but it has been incredibly successful to the extent that I'm not sure how many people are, are even now aware of the, the extent of um, the penetration technology into the marking process for GCs and GCSEs. And yet, on the other hand, um, there is a there's a big penetration of technology into the learning process, but assessment seems to sort of stuck in the middle, particularly under formal um, public qualifications in schools, and just really hasn't gone anywhere. Marty, I've seen, remind me, because I can't quite remember which one it was, but the CEA project that we kicked off in 99, I yeah. think was an AS level in design, wasn't it? Uh, it was, but we had one or two other GCSE um, uh, subjects in there as well. And, of course, the, we had, which is often forgotten now, I guess, it, the biggest um, e-assessment 
uh, development of that era, of that era, that period, up until the late 2000s, which was, of course, for the key skills tests, yes. the key and basic skills tests. And 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 it's probably worth reminding people, Tim, that 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 development kicked off an enormous amount of the assessment activity amongst both um, uh, awarding bodies and within the FE and training sector. Not so much in schools because, of course, they weren't particularly involved in basic and key skills. Some key skills, but not not to the same extent as uh, as the tertiary sector. So um, that's what kicked us off. Um, and what happened then, which is still effectively, you know, reflected in what's happening now, is that nobody really picked up the the reins of looking at how that might be translated into GCSEs or A-levels. Um, at one point, there was great enthusiasm for the idea, but it withered away and has never really returned. Um, and perhaps we'll come back to that um, to some extent when we talk about the future of the sector, because I think that has a an impact to perhaps on how we might look at it over the next few years. So the the the, the kind of Scottish and the I know the Welsh as well and the, and, and Northern Ireland have seen a lot of progress or you know reasonable steps in progress with the assessment, but England is very much kind of not moved at all. Is that what we were saying for the the, the kind of general qualification sector? I think that's what I would certainly, my reflection in, in a general sense. Um, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that's that's the case, um, and and there's all sorts of reasons for that. Uh, but nevertheless, as we sit here now in 2019, nobody this next summer, summer 2020, will take an A level or a GCSE using any kind of e-assessment with one or two very minor exceptions yeah certainly not uh, for, certainly not for maths english and the no the, the big scale no. qualifications no no. no no not at all and it's quite it, it'd be quite interesting to go back over the presentations over nearly 20 years of the assessment question of people continually say oh within five to ten years um it will happen um and it's still five to ten years away um and I think world we live in at times. Yeah, and I think I think to add to that, it's probably worth saying for those who may think uh, that the technology is the issue. Uh, I, I mean, I think both Jeff and I would say very clearly that the technology is not the issue uh, at all now. Uh, it might have been 15 years ago. That might have been one of the uh, kind of risk areas that prevented too much activity but i mean that that risk has pretty well gone completely um there are other risks of course but 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 the anybody putting their hand up and saying well we don't want to do it because the technology isn't reliable etc or doesn't provide us with what it needs to do i think is is um is is just not correct so do you think it's availability of hardware that might be one of the issues I think I think it's twofold. I think it's um, I think availability of hardware to replicate an examination where three hundred thousand children across the country are sitting down at the same time doing the same exam is potentially an issue without any doubt whatsoever. But I think um, the the uh, the philosophical um, uh, arguments about tradition and and 
putting paper to uh, pen to paper are much more uh, of an issue uh, than than anything to do with technology or hardware or what have you. Um, there are other countries, as we know, who have gone down that road uh, successfully. Uh, I guess the most obvious one probably is, is Norway, uh, but there are others as well uh, in terms of their public examination system. So it's not beyond the wit of the, uh, of the education world to do it. Um, nor is it beyond the, 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 the technology ca capability. Uh, I think it is much more to do with a, shall we say, political um, uh, uh, influence, if you like, on the system uh, that, that suggests that uh, traditional exams are, uh, are far more uh, effective than, than going round down the road of, of technology. So you've had regulators speak at the conference. Have you ever had a politician... <coughs> come in then, you know, a Secretary of State for Education, come in and listen to all the great work that goes on? No, we try to avoid politicians because we, we, we wanted to make it about the practical aspects of the, the event. The closest we've come is, um, I don't know, year five, year six of the conference, something like that. We had a speaker from one of the, um, uh, one of the think tanks, um, uh, and to be honest, he came along and read um, a pre-prepared speech, looking down at his notes, reading it word for word all the way through. Um, uh, um, uh, so that has rather tended to put me off of the idea of inviting somebody else like that. It's Again, I th um, it's not very engaging, is it? And I've seen the regulators. It was that. very unengaging. In fact, people were walking out. Yeah, you could even just email that. Uh, piece of information out, couldn't you? But it was just, it was a, what, you know, it was a concept paper, a thought paper that it was putting down, but delivery was, um, delivery was not good, let's put it like that, just in case he's listening, my apologies if he is. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just looking at kind of things that have changed then over the years, what, what, what have you seen the most amount of change then in the conference? What's been the biggest kind of change i think um uh, I, I, i'll i'll just highlight two things from from my observations uh not in any particular order in the sense of uh, of importance um one is the level of international participation has definitely changed we i, I you know i'm not sure whether i'm going to be saying the correct thing when i say there was there was no international participation back in 2003 2004 that may be not quite right but there was very little um whereas now there is significant international participation um uh, both in terms of delegates and vendors and so on any particular sectors any particular countries um I, I, well, yes, I, I think, think I think to some extent, board, maybe, really. Sorry, Jeff. I was going to say from across the board. I mean, we yeah. did have um, we've had um, from as far far field as New Zealand, Australia, um, South America. Um, predominantly, the overseas people coming to the conference have been Europeans plus Russians. We've had a regular stream of of, of Russian delegates coming, um, and. Um, I think we've had it one year, we had 19 different countries um, represented. Um, and um, that, that does include 
badge in um, the UK, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland as one, which you shouldn't really do in these circumstances, I think. So it's had a, it's, as Marjorie was saying, I agree with that in his first point, definitely, that the internationalism has grown quite a lot, and we would expect to see that grow even more. Okay, anything else? Sorry, Martin, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. So what else has changed over the, over the years? Then? Well, I, I guess my second one would be that um, uh, in, in the early days, uh, we were justifying ourselves, if you like. And when I say mm. ourselves, I'm including, you know, all of us in that as, as, as the assessment sector. It was uh, feeling its way. Um, it wasn't quite sure uh, what it was going to look like, what it was necessarily offering, who even it was offering it to on occasions. Um, but I think we, the one thing that has changed enormously is, is that the sector has matured. Um, the sector has uh, challenged uh, assumptions about what, it, what it's doing and who it's providing to. It's it had to obviously reflect where the market has been, and that has um, has an, has had an impact, and that, that's shown through the conference and what's being talked about. I think the other thing that goes with that is that there was a lot of talk in the early days about getting acceptance of e-assessment by people who were perhaps reluctant to do so because to some extent they were they they were uh, not confident in terms of technology as individuals that seems to have moved on it hasn't gone completely but that seems to have moved on and there's less talk these days in 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 the event about um, trying to convince people this is the right thing to do it's more about well this is what we're doing this is what's changing this is what we've improved upon um, and and indeed these are going to be what we might be thinking about in two or three or four years time which is which is an interesting an interesting thing uh, I, I said in the early days and we've said on several times since as, 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 as I know you will reflect people thought in 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 the early days that E-assessment was simply about transferring what we did on paper to screen. Mm. Um, and we, both Jeff and I and others, said in the early days, no, that's not what it's about. That might be what happens in the interim, mm. but it's actually about changing the nature of assessment itself and using technology to be able to do that. And that's begun now to be, uh, shall we say, a more dominant aspect of, 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 of what we hear at the event. Okay. Yeah, can I can I also say that I think the themes that were strong in the early days were around um, <clears throat> e-portfolios, evidential systems, um, and the like. Um, and I think that theme was, you know, if, if e-portfolios were mentioned twice in this year's in the 2019 conference, I think that's that's a, a strong statement. Um, the flavour has moved away from from um, those kind of evidential-based um, approaches to looking at all sorts of other things. And um, yes, Martin's absolutely right, the technology isn't the issue, but there has been quite a lot about new technologies over the last few years and some of the more exciting ways of approaching um, assessment using digital technologies come to the fore, including and up to now, of course, artificial intelligence and, and approaches which use those those a man-machine interface type um, um, scenes and scenarios. Yes, yeah, so definitely AI is 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 kind of 
more of a topic that's been raised in the past you know, couple of years, isn't it? It's, it's more of a dominant, an automation yeah. of, of activities. It's definitely been uh, seeing more of that, uh, that coming through, haven't we? Uh, can I say, I, I also think what's quite interesting is that, um, uh, you know, if you, if you were asked to look to, to the future, um, I think AI and the increased processing power will be the flavor that you'll see reflected more and more, that the power that's coming along will radically change the way that we approach things. And I think in, in the initial days, we were very much looking at the limited scenario of exam rooms with, with maybe 20 PCs in there and old CRT screens and all of that sort of thing. <laughs> and now the, the technology is, is um, well, I'm, 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 I know of two organizations which do regularly do 30,000 e-proctored exams with people working from there, um, um, working, literally taking examinations in their bedrooms or, um, uh, you know, in their living rooms at home um, in a secure manner. So um, I think that's, that's, that movement um, has been part of what's um, come through on the, the conferences over the last last 10 15 years okay so we, we've kind of talked about what's you know what has changed some significant uh, parts of the the sector and we've you know obviously reflecting on the, the increases of things like remote proctoring and uh, mm -hmm. increased talk about AI what's not really changed then? we've talked about schools but what's not really changed over the over the, the past uh, 19 years well I, I guess I, sorry go on, go on, go first. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I think the big the, the big thing is we've never really um, convinced the powers to be to be committed to to change any form. It's an extremely risk averse industry still, um, particularly in the the schools and and to a certain extent still I I think in in higher education as well. Um, it's a very risk averse. Um, um, environment. Um, there's no great sort of public policy um, drive um, for this. In fact, quite the reverse. Um, the fear of, of um, backlash from from the press for accusations of dumbing down. I think it may have a big impact upon that. And I don't think that has really changed um, in the 20 years. Which means that where where progress has come. It's come from areas where things have been able to happen um, because they make a certain amount of sense, not because there's any great strategic drive to it. Yeah, and I think I think I'd I'd, I'd concur fully with that, and I'd probably be add add one more thing, um, and we can pick up this again uh, when we start talking about uh, perhaps the next big great big breakthrough. I think there's been a divergence from uh, what's being done within, shall we say, the public sector education um, uh, area and what's happening in professional exams in, in industry and so on and so forth, where there's been a, uh, a, a much more eager um, uh, and a much more innovative um, element to e-assessment. So when people have come along with new ideas and new ways of doing things, there's been um, 
uh, a greater take-up, not not huge necessarily, but there's been a greater take-up, there's been greater um, interest in innovation. Whereas in, um, in the public sector education system, I, I'm going to call it, um, i.e. schools, colleges, and to some extent higher education, the constraints both of policy and indeed of their day-to-day -day existence of dealing with mm. lots of children, lo lots yeah. of students and so on, has meant that innovation has been difficult to push through. Mm. Um, yeah. And I remember somebody saying to me in the early days, ah, oh, well, if we get rid of, of, of papers, which we've done in the, in the, for the last hundred years, you know, in inverted commas, um, are you certain that you can tell me that what we're going to introduce now will last for the next hundred years? And and there was this kind of, well, we don't want to change because we've been doing it this way for a long time and it works. Mm. Um, and and any suggestion that you might change now and that won't last for more than five years because more things will come along was greeted with with horror to some extent because well one change is big enough another change in five years time we've got enough changes as it is so we won't add another one to the layers thank you very much yeah people fear change don't they it's a, it's a big part of the, the, the process and as yeah the training side of things as well because uh, from what i've noticed the use of technology isn't part of the kind of teacher training process there's an appetite there but people just don't seem to have that that knowledge and or backing i suppose yeah well. and, and despite the best efforts of 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 people like um um vector in in the days when they existed uh, and, and other organizations of that of that ilk um jisc for example um actually penetrating into uh, the, the, you know, kind of the day-to-day -day activities of the average teacher who's who's got a workload we all know is pretty hefty already. Change on top of that becomes extremely difficult and time-consuming uh, and time-consuming for management and so on. If there's no policy encouragement to make the change, why would you? Mm. You know, uh, why put your head above the parapet kind of thing? Uh, and create more work for yourself. So I think that that is one of the uh, unfortunate, uh, disappointing even, aspects of the last uh, 20 years, shall we say. Um, and one which I guess in the early days, uh, the enthusiasm of the early days, we weren't, we weren't expecting. <laughs> I can remember long, quite some time ago now, probably about... 10, 12 years ago, I, I was asked to do a sort of thought paper presentation to an overseas awarding body, really basically saying, well, well, if you were doing the examination system afresh, what would it look like? Um, and and I, I posited then the idea that it would contain um, a, a broader spectrum of, of assessments, so we'd be assessing other things, not just... Um, not, um, not just deep knowledge, um, that it would be an on-demand type system, that it would contain a lot more feedback for teachers and learners about um, the performance at the examination. It would have all of these things in there. It would it'd be much more like, um, um, you know, the, the applications one sees on the computer now and it would use all sorts of things and it would be much broader. And I came up with about a 10 or 12 point plan. I think if I was asked to do that today, it would be exactly the same. And I think the background um, to 
you know, 2008 and 2019 would be the same as well, that they are futuristic ideas, that, you know, that we haven't got really very far towards any of that, um, despite the fact that it, it is, a lot of that is now off the shelf. Yeah. We, could, we could do it, um, but there is no big will to do it. Yeah, so the technology is there, the, the appetite in some sectors isn't really. There, there have been some sectors yeah. where there has been some some reasonable vocational for me has been the, the one that's I've seen the, the most amount of uh, Vo vocational has has always been uh, to some extent at the forefront of developments partly because the policy pressures have never been quite as great they can do things in the background which nobody's going to worry about because nobody's interested really uh, from a policy point of view or hadn't been in the past I'm not no, so no. sure that's quite the case now definitely there um, but but and and that actually might be something that is a, going to be an issue as far as as far as e assessment developments are concerned. That those policy is, uh, initiatives will be uh, dampening any e assessment development. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was interesting um, uh, that that having just done uh, the three of us a conference in in in, in Washington in the U.S. That in the discussion groups there, the the issues were pretty well identical, mm. yeah, uh, and and the gap between what was going on in the in in the schools and public 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 education system was was not very different between uh, the, the U.S. and here. Um, so we're not the only ones grappling. The, the, the problems may not be quite exactly the same, but the, the problems are still, broadly speaking, um, uh, the same in, in terms of taking forward innovations. It was interesting, yeah. my observation. Yeah, the ambition, just want to say, I, th I think the ambitions, uh, or the lack of ambitions and the, the vision or the lack of vision is pretty much the same. So, And, and I think that's true of, of, in, in almost every sphere um, around the world that I've been involved with as well. So these are universal problems. It isn't just a, uh, um, a UK-based problem by any means at all. Yeah, I think the, the scale of it is slightly different over in the States, isn't it? With you know, You've got district, you've got state, you've got federal. Um, you've got these big initiatives like No Child Left Behind and things like that have come along and almost derailed uh, innovation, I suppose, uh, <coughs> and uh, kind of forced people down a particular route. So... The, the people are still passionate, aren't they? Um, they are. They are. And and there are passionate people within uh, the mainstream education system. I mean, work that I've done for GISC and Bechter over the years, for example, where we've been surveying people's views on, on e-assessment, both in terms of summative assessment and formative assessment, We've come, we, you know, we've come up across some very passionate people, who, where they're able to, are doing very innovative things that benefit their learners and their their students and so on. But they, I think, were isolated and are still isolated overall within the system. Um, and uh, to be honest with you. I see nothing in current policy that's likely to change that at the moment. No, there's, there's, there's no, the appetite, you say, is, is not kind of been there. Is there anything yeah. you would have done differently um, over the years? Is there anything you would have changed in your approach? Oh, that's a very good question. <laughs> uh, um, I, 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 I think one, one slightly um, 
yes, yes. I, I, I think on the whole, I'd have tried to involve um, more practitioners um, in presenting to the conference. Um, one of the best things I think we ever did at the conference was for two or three years, we actually invited from schools some kids to come along and talk about their experience of technology. Now, a lot of that was about e-learning as opposed to e-assessment or e-assessment embedded in e-learning and formative and all of that sort of thing. But it was very interesting just how open um, and how um, you know, welcoming they are of, of, the tech, of, of using technology. Um, it, 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 I think it was mentioned in the first conference, who, who, who nowadays spends three hours sitting down writing well only in an examination um, does that happen um, so there's always been very positive in fact and and that was very good and I think I think we should have kept that theme going and invited more that the the, the, um, um, the the people at the, the, the coal face to come along and talk it is interesting to hear Martin what's your kind of yeah I'd, 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 I'd agree with Jeff on that one and and um... I, I think although we've we've shied away from having having ministers and so on and so forth, it may be that perhaps we missed a trick on one or two occasions in not trying to get somebody to come along and, and talk about about policy and how that might impact on 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 e assessment uh, uptake. Um, it it. it the, the problem is at the moment, and, and has been the case for a few years now, that, that you wouldn't get somebody to come along and talk about that because they wouldn't, that there'd be no interest in a sense. But there have been points in time uh, over the last 20 years where actually there was a much more positive uh, policy um, uh, environment. And it may, may have been something that at that point in time we could have got somebody to come along and and be very positive about it, and I think that would have that would have added impetus to the industry, um, and perhaps could have thereby uh, taken away a little bit of the negativity that occurred under other ministers, shall we say, um, uh, when when they came along. Um, and I guess the the, the the biggest opportunity would have been in the mid mid two thousands when um, Ken Clark was keen to get every GCSE online, for example, um, and and uh, probably would have done had he not been moved to somewhere else within six months, and you know for whatever reasons they were lost in the midst of time. And in truth, and in truth, since about the mid nineties, I think we've had a different education secretary on average every nine months so that <laughs> yeah you know, that's that's sort of limited a little bit one other thing I, um, I, I think in retrospect I would have I should have tried to push for it is I was also involved in a whole series of conferences called math speak which was about math teaching um, particularly in in secondary schools at um, levels three and four and so on um, and we always kicked those conferences off with um, a big name in inverted commas to come in and, and just do a, a an interesting observational um, um, presentation to open it, sort of light-hearted. So we had Hannah Fry and Simon Singh, names that, that may be familiar as, as, as radio and TV speakers, who come along and they did very good. And I think that always set 
the conference off on a practical issue about the logistics conference. They always set it off on a good note. Um, and I think that's something which, in retrospect, I, I, I think we might have, we might have brought into the assessment association, uh, into the assessment question, as Freud, into the, into the assessment question conference um, um, that, that might have been quite a nice thing to do. Okay, so in terms of the the next big breakthrough, then, what do you <laughs> expect to see, you know, at future conferences? Um, that in terms of the assessment, you know, what's going to be the next big groundbreaker for you guys? Okay, I, so I think about this quite a lot. Oh, go on, Martin. Go on, no, I'll pick, can I pick up on that one quickly first of all, and then perhaps expand on it, Jeff? Um, we went. We were talking earlier on about about public examinations haven't gone into this sphere at all as yet. My own view is that they won't for a little while yet, uh, probably because of policy, probably because of uh, who's driving that policy. But when they do, the greatest danger, I think, is that we do the paper to screen transfer. The industry at that point needs to be ready to say, hold on a minute, actually, that's 20 years ago. What we need to do now to bring those examinations or, or that um, part of the assessment process in is to use the techniques that we've <coughs> now got. And AI would be an obvious one, but there are others as well. So I think the industry needs to be ready for that call. Now, the call may not come in two years. It may not come in three. It may not come in five. But I would be very, very surprised probably well, I won't be around to see it but if in 25 years time we are still having an argument about whether whether kids should be sitting down with a pencil and piece of paper I mean if we are we've failed yeah, yeah. in us to some extent so I think the industry needs to be ready for the point at which that call comes <coughs> in order to avoid what will be an inevitably well let's put these exams on screen Okay, so yeah, some some potential change, but not maybe if they decide to scrap GCSEs or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And and I, I, or, or I, I, there's some there's some major change in structure. Yeah. That's the opportunity for just for the industry to say we are ready to do this using technology, and it's not paper to screen. It's doing all these things which we can now do. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, you got do you want to jump in there? Uh, no, I was just going to say that. Um, um, the curse of futurologists is that they're always wrong from Nostradamus <laughs> to H.G. Wells. So I, 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 I go about this very gently. I, I think one thing to say about AI is I think it is, um, AI is not a solution in itself. It's an enabler to a solution. And that solution is um, an examination system which is much more an interactive uh, experience um, and activity for the person taking the examination and potentially for the person setting the examination as well but principally for the for the person who's um, taking the examination and I think also um, the, the the what we examine will change a lot once once we start using the, the, the tools of AI of big data of um, processing power, of, 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 of on-demand, in inverted commas, we can start testing an awful lot of other things, um, and perhaps even the word testing is a, is a problem in itself. Um, so that um, I, I think, and we can 
do a podcast about this as well. But I think we'll see a lot more around um, those soft skills which are really difficult for people to get their heads around, like creativity and team working and, and all those kinds of things. And I think that will come in very strongly in the next 10 years. Then again, it may all change entirely. I mean, <laughs> as I say, um, trying to predict the future, um, as we've seen um, politically and socially in the last few years, it's almost an, it was an impossibility. But I, I, I do think that that's two areas. So I think we'll see a lot more use of, of um, big tools that are coming along, um, AI, big data, man-machine interfaces, all of those things, to produce much more interaction assessments or potential for much more interactive assessments which will themselves assess a much broader range of, of skills, um, knowledge and understanding and, and it will look at things like soft skills and employability skills hmm. alongside yeah. the chemical yeah. formula for sodium chloride and <laughs> Pythagoras and, and so on. So, I think, uh, Martin, is there any other bets that you want to make where you got your wallet? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll pick up on what Jeff just said because I agree with him 100%. I think, I think, um, you know, on a grand scale, our current uh, examination system um, is is primarily predicated on what universities require of students uh, leaving at 18. Um, and, and if you go back over the years, um, their influence in the A-level system in the early days and so on is, is what started all that off. Employers' um, influence on uh, A-levels and GCSEs is, is practically zero. I think that will change. And I mm. think that may change if GCSEs were to be abolished, for example. But at the end of the day, employers, as we've seen over and over again, are not that interested in knowledge. Mm. They're interested in skills. And, yes. and as Absolutely. we go into the third industrial revolution, the fourth industrial revolution, whatever number it is, um, that becomes far more important than the fact that you know what the formula is for sodium chloride mm. um, because you can look that up in five seconds on the internet. Yeah. Um, it's what you do with that information. It's how you think about um, uh, changing things, improving things, uh, being innovative, and then all the other soft skills that become important for employers. And we don't do any of that within the current public exam system. So that's, that, that's the thing that may change. <sighs> I say that, We've been saying that for a long time, um, and and um, uh, the system is is, uh, is uh, well known for its lack of innovation. I suppose. I'm talking about the, yeah. the education system as a whole, shall we say? I, I think there's a subsidiary question, actually, or maybe it's a, not a subsidiary question. Maybe it's a bigger question: is what will schools and universities look like as a result of the technological change in ten years' time? I think we're beginning to see massive change in universities. I'm not sure the financial model for universities works anymore. Mm. Um, uh, and I think that's undergoing big changes. Um, and also, I think um, learning um, for uh, in a school's environment has changed a lot in the last um, few years. Uh, and I think is about to undergo a complete revolution as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, 
better question than what will the assessment look like in, in 10 years is what will education, training, learning look like in 10 years? Okay, and that's well, that's that's a big question. That's a that's yeah. a whole podcast in its in itself. Itself, it? absolutely. So, um, obviously, the so the idea is that the e-assessment question conference, um, the you guys are moving into more of a consultant's role, and the e-assessment association are, are taking the the conference kind of forward for the uh, for <laughs> future events. Do you feel as though the conference is in safe hands with the assessment association? Oh yes, I think very, very definitely. We always had a uh, had a, um, a, a, a a theme around the conferences, which was about pushing the message that e-assessment um, is is a good thing. Um, it, we, you know, it will streamline the process, will reduce costs, will give better feedback to students, will give better feedback to learners, um, will enable more variety and versatility in the way that we do things. Um, and that um, that's a message that I think the um, EAA is, is absolutely square on in, in, in pushing. I think you also have to remember, in fairness, without um, ringing too many um, um, bells in our favour, um, the EAA was born out of the assessment question. Um, and um, it, it is interesting to ask, you know, to, to, to look back, but um, Colin Deal, John Gould and, and I were, were charged by the four regulators working together um, to look at the feasibility of, of professionalism within the e-assessment business, again business in inverted commas, um, and from that was born the EAA. Um, so it came out of um, the conferences, it came out of coffee time chats and conversations and floating ideas at the conference and it's taken on very much those um, ideals I think of, of the assessment question. So I, it, it, yes, the answer is very definitely I think it's in a very safe pair of hands and I I look forward to, to, to watching the progress as well <laughs> as the next few years. It's definitely a natural transition isn't it? Martin, is it, 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 it is, yeah. I mean I, I spoke earlier on about the maturity of the of, 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 of the sector and, and the the birth of the AA and the way it's grown, particularly in the last two, three years or so, um, I think is a reflection of that, that growing maturity. And therefore, it's a natural progression for uh, the AA to do things like a conference has done the awards, which I think have been very successful. Um, and, and I mean, both Jeff and I are, are very pleased that, that the EAA is, is kind of taking this forward at the point in time where, where we wanted to step back, if you like. Mm. Um, I think it would have been uh, unfortunate, to say the least, had the EAA uh, wanted to do a conference, say, 10 years ago when we didn't want to step back mm. and we'd been in competition with each other because I think that would have been um, uh, unnecessary and, as I say, unfortunate. So I think it's an ideal point in time, mm. and I think the EAA will indeed... Um, uh, it's been put into very safe hands with the EAA, and I'm sure you'll take it forward in a in an even more successful way than we were able to. Well, I, I really do hope that we can carry on the the fantastic mission that you guys have Thank started, you. really. And you know, it's it's brilliant to see so many passionate people who've been attending the conference for so long, and you know, who'll be part of the many years to come and I hope that you guys will be joining us for many years to come as well. Um, it's, Look yeah, forward to it. Yeah, your, your contribution to the sector has been absolutely um, uh, fantastic and yeah, really has 
kick-started uh, some real change. Um, albeit the politicians have not really you know, run with that, but um, uh, <laughs> there's always hope. Yeah, there's always hope. So that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, always po hope. that's politics for you, isn't it? Um, yeah. So I, I just want to say thank you. Uh, this has been a really kind of insightful uh, podcast, really today, and it's been great having a chat with you both. Um, and you. you know, really appreciate it. And we'll see you soon at the the next e-assessment question in April 2020. Uh, so thank you for your time, guys. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. And take, take care, care and speak to you soon. Okay. Yeah. Cheers. So I hope you've enjoyed the podcast today. The call for papers for the 2020 conference will be going live very soon and the awards are already open. So make sure you visit www.e-assessment-question.com for more information. My name's Calm Gordon and it's been a pleasure being your host today. Thank you and goodbye. This has been an e-assessment association podcast. You can subscribe to these podcasts through your standard podcasting channels. And you can also find out more information at our website, which is e-assessment.com. You can join the association for free and learn about all our amazing activities in terms of research, awards, conferences, news and information. Thank you and I hope to see you back soon.